What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Why Not Game podcast. One, two, three, four. Happy Wednesday, my dudes and dudettes. Welcome to another episode of the Why Not Game podcast. It's me, Benjamin P., and joining me today and every day, the blind DJ. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hope you all are doing well. I see he struggled for a name of the week, but that's all right. We'll just go with the blind. Um, but uh, yeah, hope everybody's doing well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to another awesome episode. Um, looking forward to it. And uh as always, we enjoy it, and uh, looking forward to getting plugged in here and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. So, DJ, I'm not going to lie to you, man. You sound pretty weird. Everything <laughs> all right over there? <laughs> yeah, um, had a big, uh, I guess, sinus issue, something going on um, probably around Thursday of last week, right after the episode dropped, and lost my voice for a little bit. Um, had a pretty rough cough. Um, thankfully, nothing major. You know, the COVID test came back negative. All that stuff is great. So, um, but yeah, slowly getting my voice back. This is the best that I have sounded uh, since prior to Thursday. So, um, yeah, we're going to roll with it and uh, see what happens. Yeah, we're we're definitely rolling with it. We're definitely rolling with it. Um, I'm really excited to talk about this game that we're going to be talking about today. I'm also excited, you know, for our announcement, but we're going to make that a little later in the show. Um, but, but before we get started, I know you, you mentioned you've been feeling under the weather, but uh, you have any time to play any games, my guy? Of course, of course. You know, when your wife puts you on the couch, cause she doesn't want to get what you got, that opens up endless opportunities to, you know, snuggle up to the PS five controller and play some games till who knows when in the morning. So, hey, we love that. We love <laughs> that's that. right. That's right. So, um, played a couple games we'll be bringing up in future shows, but, um, you know, as always, just finding some time to dabble in some other stuff. Um, been, uh, been actually playing a little bit of Uncharted, um, the first Uncharted game. I kind of went back to, do a couple of the missions on there that I haven't been able to complete for the platinum trophy. And, uh, yeah, I, I still suck. So that's okay. <laughs> Very yeah, exciting. Time trial. Missions Very exciting. Yeah. You know, that's one game that I, I played, you know, uncharted only the first one. I haven't played all of them. I've only played the first uncharted and I know that, you know, naughty dog, they're known for having great, great storytelling, great games. And so, at some point, I probably will get into that and play the rest of them. But some of those challenges for those trophies just seem off the wall. And so I don't know if I would even attempt to go for the platinum in that game. But you do you. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely tough. The only ones I have left are the... There's three missions in the game where you have to beat him in under a certain time limit. And unless you remember every every twist and turn and every path you need to take and just go out 
guns blazing and try not to die and just shoot the people in the way and run for the gold. And, you know, it's, it's tough. It's definitely tough. Well, there we have it. There we have it. Yeah. Me personally, you know, I have actually not been playing games that I should be playing um, as far as making sure we're on track for our shows. I've actually been stuck on the game that I'm going to talk about and, or that we're going to talk about today. And I'll dive into that, you know, a little bit more later as to why I'm still, still playing that game. Um, but yeah, uh, I know we have a, we have a big announcement to make. We're going to wait until the, a little bit later, maybe the end of the show. Yeah. You think the end of the show? Yeah, DJ? keep them waiting. End of the show. We'll make it at the end of the keep show. Them waiting. Yeah, keep yes. them waiting, anticipating all that good stuff. Well, if it's all right with you, I say we go ahead and jump into this. Yeah, let's dive in, man. Let's dive in. So, uh, just to preface things a little bit. So, this is a game. Um, DJ has not played this game. DJ has no experience with this game. So, he's kind of here, and I'm kind of convincing him why he should or why he should not. Pick this game up and give it a try. Um, we are going to be talking about a game that just released last month, um, Digimon Survive. And, you know, with DJ not feeling 100%, you know, I have decided to go ahead and take over his by the numbers segment. So we're going to look at Digimon Survive by the numbers. So, first and foremost, it was released July 28th, 2022. For the PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and on PC. It is getting fairly good ratings. Um, And I say fairly good um, because it has a 78 on Metacritic for the Switch version. But only a 69 on Metacritic for the PS4 version. So not, you know, there's a pretty big gap there. But... Steam, you know, the Steam reviews, it's actually at a nine out of 10. Wow. So, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of mixed reviews and it's, you know, I would say mainly positive, um, a lot of positive in there. Uh, interestingly enough, right. We don't know the specific numbers of how many units have sold or the exact, you know, dollar amounts. Uh, but we do have the NPD results for July. And so for this game releasing July 28th, Literally with, what is that, two days, three days left in July? Three days. Uh, Yeah, so it actually sold and was the number eight highest selling game as far as dollar sales. Um, It was the eighth highest selling game in dollar sales for July, and that's on all platforms. Um, So that's like combined sales for uh, PC, Xbox, Switch and PlayStation. And then looking over at the exact same time frame on just the Nintendo Switch, because that's, you know, where it's getting the, the better reviews. Um, it actually ranked number nine best games on the Nintendo Switch, which is interesting because it is the only non-Nintendo game in the top 10. Every other game in that list for best sales in July are Nintendo games. Published by Nintendo. This is the only one not published by Nintendo. So Digimon Survive, you know, it's it's re- still relatively new. It's only been out less than a month. And, you know, it, it's getting decent reviews. I believe IGN gave it a 6 out of 10. Um, 
you know, as I was, I was saying earlier, the, the Metacritic score is, you know, 78, 69, right in that range. But this game is probably one of the, I would say the most interesting games I've played in a minute. And the reason I say that is because, you know, this game is 100% a visual novel. Well, not 100%. I'd say like 80% a visual novel. The main, I would say the main part of this game that really, you know, draws you in is that visual novel piece. And to those that don't know, a visual novel is pretty much, you just have illustrations and words, right? This game is in Japanese. So some of the dialogue is, um, you know, voice acted, but it's all in Japanese. So for any English players like myself, you know, I had to read the entire game. And so I believe, you know, the playthrough that I'm going to talk about is, uh, I would say I, I spent probably 15 hours or so on my first playthrough. Um, and so that's, I would say of those 15 hours, 13 of those hours is just me reading the words on the screen. So it is a visual novel. So if you do not like to read, this is not the game for you. Simple and simple and short like that. However, it, you know, I have played several visual novels. Um, and I would say this is a really good story. Uh, it has some interesting twists. It has some interesting, um, like, interesting paths that you can go on. And I'm really excited to break it down and talk about it in detail. But DJ, before we get started, have you ever played a visual novel? Do you have any experience with those games? I do not. Um, Actually, one game I know kind of along those lines, and I didn't last very long with it because... I didn't want to have to read subtitles the entire game, but um, that was a game released a few years ago called Jump Force, which you know has a lot of your anime characters and things like that in it. It is solely in Japanese as well, and you have to do a lot of the whole subtitle thing. And you know, with someone with a visual impairment like myself, it's kind of hard to try to read and focus on that and do the gameplay at the same time. So. I just, I didn't really give it much of a chance. I feel you. I feel you. And that, that makes sense. You know, this game, you know, it does rely on, on obviously with the name of the genre being a visual novel, you know, the vision, the visual part of it is super important. Um, so I can understand why that's definitely not your cup of tea, uh, my guy. So, we're going to talk about this in three different waves, right? We're going to talk about the story. We're going to talk about the gameplay and we're going to talk about, you know, the graphics, the world design, all that stuff. But what I really want to focus on when we get to that point is the art style and the artwork, because let me just say chef kiss, delicious, gorgeous, beautiful. But we're going to start with the story. So the story of this game is interesting. And, to any Digimon fans that are out there, you know, it isn't like a typical Digimon game. 
you know, I will be honest. I do not have a lot of experience with Digimon. In my mind, you know, Digimon was just like, came out around the same time as Pokemon. And it was just like trying to be competition. You know, I am not a Digimon fan. Um, I'm also not like a Digimon hater or anything like that. Like I just had, I think my most recent experience with Digimon would be the cyber sleuth games, right? I played the cyber sleuth games and I always knew Digimon. They were like digital monsters and the old anime. It was like, you know, they kind of came from like the digi world, like the digital world type thing. And I might be wrong. Like I might be misremembering. Right. But in this game, you know, they're actually these, the, the Digimon or the, I'm going to try and say it, but I know I'm going to absolutely butcher it. The Kimonogami, which, you know, again, I might be pronouncing a lot of names and words incorrectly in this, but bear with me. The Kimono, Kimonogami, that is kind of like, that is who the Digimon are, right? So there's like this religion, if you will, that, you know, looks at the Kamanagami as gods and the Digimon are those things. And so it's more of a historical thing than it is like some like futuristic thing. So it was, you know, with my experience being those Digimon Cyber Sleuth games here recently, going from that and then to this, you know, it was definitely a different experience. Because again... I don't have a lot of experience with Digimon, but I, the gameplay looked interesting. You know, the, the, the visual novel aspect really grabbed me in, but the story is actually quite unique. So, I mean, maybe it's not unique. Maybe it is unique. I don't know, but you're a kid named Takuma. And again, probably saying that wrong. And you're at a summer camp type situation, a school camp. And there's a bunch of other students there with you. You're deciding to go on like a little field trip to the shrine. And when that happens, there's a landslide. One thing leads to another and you realize that you're in another world. Now you're in another world, but it's like an alternate version of the world that you're from. Again, you know, pretty standard, but still very interesting. And you're introduced to this this group of characters. And the characters, they're all students or uh, young people of a similar age, similar disposition, or not similar disposition at all, no, but similar age. And they're all kind of trying to work together and band together to find a way to get back home to their real world. And what's interesting is when they're in this new world, they're actually paired up with a Digimon. And that is kind of their partner Digimon throughout the game. So, of course, our main character gets Agumon. Again, maybe saying that incorrectly. But I know he's kind of like the face of Digimon. Or at least in my mind, he is. I would say he's the Pikachu of Digimon. And again, any Digimon fan that's listening to this, I apologize. I'm not trying to disrespect your game or your thing. And so please don't come at me, but that's how I interpret these things. And so I'm going to say it how I say it. You know what I'm saying? So they have these partner Digimon. You're going through, you're learning more about, you know, the area, the region. You're trying to learn about the character traits of these people. As you go, you have to make decisions, 
right? That can either boost the morale or that can change the morale and the affinity you have with the group members. And those level, that level of affinity that you have can result in characters dying, right? This game is called Digimon Survive. It's not called Digimon Everyone Lives. So it's interesting because in my playthrough, my first playthrough that I did, I was playing it, you know, I was, I was playing it, you know, just naturally making my decisions the way I wanted to make them. You know, with games like these, there's usually a guide out there that you could follow um, to get certain endings and things like that. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to pick whatever feels right to me. And so I experienced pretty early on some, you know, tragic events take place. And I'm not going to go into detail about what those things are, uh, mainly because uh, the producers of the game actually asked people not to spoil the game for the first, I think it was three months after release. And since it's not even been one month, I'm not going to go into major detail about it. But I will just say that some of the twists and turns that this game can take uh, will really make you think. And it actually, like, it can get very deep very quickly. And it makes you think about, you know, what we can do, you know, in real life, like as far as communicating about, you know, how we're feeling and what we're going through. Because the way that these people, you know, eventually die, right, is they kind of like lose hope and like not necessarily just lose hope, but it's like they're they're giving in to their like self-doubt. And so, you know, there's someone who maybe... Uh, has this pressure from their parents to always be the best, to always be the best. And then, you know, they're not the best. And so they're, they're kind of like shamed and like put down for that. And because now they feel like they're still not doing that with this group of friends, you know, it causes them to be overwhelmed by this, uh, this, like the sense of failure. And then, you know, the enemy kind of feeds off of that. Thus, killing them. Right. And, but that's something that's really cool because there is the opportunity to experience totally different stories. So I mentioned earlier, I'm still playing the game that I was playing and that's because I'm on my second playthrough. You know, I actually, you know, I'll be honest, I am following a guide for this one because I want to see that perfect ending. You know, I wanted to see that perfect ending. What happens if everyone survives? And so it's really cool because, you know, it's not just a couple things that are changing here and there to account for, you know, whether a person is, you know, still alive or if they died. It's actually changing the path quite a bit. And I would say that is a huge, you know, positive in my opinion, not only for, for the story, but also for like the gameplay in general, because the gameplay is, you know, making those choices and, you know, seeing how you can grow your relationships with the characters. But also in the gameplay, there's this whole, you know, strategy, turn-based combat that we're going to get to in a moment. But the replayability of this game, I would say, is very high. Um, I believe there's a total of four separate endings, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to end up playing through and trying to unlock all four, 
What's nice though, is that, you know, that's a lot of reading to do, but they have features where you can skip any um, dialogue that you've already seen before. So if you're only wanting to experience like the new pieces, you know, you can have that setting on and skip all the dialogue that you, you have already seen. Um, And so that, you know, that can obviously speed it up, but then you might have some missing pieces that you'll need to fill in the blank or just have a really good memory on. But DJ, I've talked a lot. I've talked a whole lot. Do you have any like questions or, or comments about, you know, the story of Digimon survive because, you know, you haven't played it, you haven't experienced with anything with it, but yeah, I just wanted to check in with you. Yeah, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, so <clears throat> I have noticed based, Based just on you listening, it it just kind of struck me funny a minute ago how, you know, it was uh, when you were saying, you know, based off the choices that you make and this affects that and there's different endings. It almost made me think that we were playing the quarry all over again, but a lot less, a lot less graphic. Um, But it just kind of made me smile a little bit listening to that. But um, no. Like you, um, I know I didn't really do a lot of the Digimon stuff either when we were kids. It was it was always definitely the Pokemon uh side of things. But um I remember watching the old the old anime cartoons, you know, on Saturday mornings and stuff just to kinda, you know, see what all it was like and and everything. But um I guess one thing and I I don't know if this would fall into gameplay yet or like how it would play, but did you have like a favorite character, I guess, in the game, whether it be human or Digimon? Oh yeah, um, definitely. I would say my favorite character in this game is it's not, it's not a Digimon. It's actually one of the cast members um, that you're able to, to interact with. Um, And, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, um, but their name is like Mew, Mew. It's M I U. I'm not sure, but it's this, it's the youngest member on, uh, uh, it's like the youngest member that's in this group. Um, She's the younger sister to one of our other group members, Kaito. And she is just a, she's interesting. When we're first introduced to her, uh, she's calling herself the queen of this like theme park area and all these Digimon are calling her the queen. And, and it's just really interesting. She has this unique personality. Um, she's really, she's got like this, this vivid imagination and she just, she quickly became my favorite character uh, just because she would always say things and do things that were a little quirky. Um, but yeah, great, great question. Great question. Um Anything else before I jump into gameplay a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so, and you can kind of back me up on this because, again, it's been a while for me. Um, but to those of you that don't really know much about Digimon or anything like that, um, we know how in the world of Pokemon, those characters can only say their name as far as, you know, like how they communicate with language and things like that. But if I'm not mistaken, Digimon they can actually speak, you know, English, or I guess in this game, they can speak Japanese. Is that right? That they can understand everything with humans? Yeah. Yeah. They're able to speak, you know, the human language. Um, 
So regardless of what that is, they understand human tongue. Um, and so it, it, it definitely opens up the door for there to be interesting conversations between the human characters and the Digimon. Um, there's, there's one scene, which I'm not going to go into much detail about it, but it's between two characters, Falcomon, one of the Digimon and his, uh, child partner. And there's funny dialogue. Like there's funny banter. Like you're able to kind of see them match the personalities of their partner and then sometimes contrast the personalities of their partner. And it's really, it really helps build that story and build the characters out because you kind of have the extension of the character through their Digimon. Very cool. And so it's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, so one final thought on the story before I transition over to gameplay. So there are, I believe 12 chapters in this game, uh, possibly 13 on the perfect playthrough. I'm not sure if I just made that up or if that's truly a thing, but you know, each chapter I would say takes around, I would say an hour to two hours, depending on, you know, how much reading you do, how much exploring you do within the world. Um, within each chapter, you know, you have different segments, you have, you know, free time where you're able to interact and do, um, whatever you'd like. And then you have some exploration phases where you have to go to certain places on the map, but it's really cool just seeing the dialogue, you know, in those in-between sections when it's not the, the core story, but it's more just interacting with, you know, the other characters pretty much like getting to know them, building the relationships with them because you, you make choices and the choices can either grow your relationship or hurt your relationship. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a really cool system. And you know, the, the visual novel part of this game is, you know, the seller, you know, I am going to go ahead and jump into gameplay and talk a little bit about, you know, some of the, the elements within this, you know, I mentioned that you're jumping around to different places on the map you know, there are icons where you can complete free battles, which are kind of just like, you know, extra battles if you want to try and level up your Digimon for combats. And I'll go into what that looks like in just a minute. But also um, within the the digital world, if you will, or the second world, um, you can actually use a camera to kind of see glitches in the world. And that's how you can find items in the wild. You can have random uh, Digimon encounters. You can find, you know, historic lore or like lore and history from this world. And it's actually pretty interesting. You know, it kind of ties it all together and lets you um, experience even more of it. But other than the visual novel part, the, the other part, which is actually the part that originally sold me on this game and made me interested because DJ knows that I have been like fantasizing thinking about constantly daydreaming about final fantasy tactics advance. I love me some, you know, turn-based strategy on the grid, simple stuff like that. And this game has that. And I want to just say that this game is a not good example of what that looks like. And I say that because in this combat, you know, you're able to use your partner Digimon or other Digimon because you are able to capture or recruit other Digimon. There's a total of 113 
Digimon in this game. So obviously you can start off with, um, you know, the smaller champion level Digimon and then, you know, evolve them into, you know, ultimate mega, all those things. And so, you know, they branch off. There's 113 total. And, you know, in those free battles or in those battles, you have the opportunity to move, to attack, um, to talk. Uh, because, you know, you can talk to the Digimon as well. And in some free battles, that's actually how you recruit Digimon to your team, which is interesting system. So you would talk to them. They say something and then you have to choose a response to what they're saying. And so it's pretty much trial and error. You know, there's four choices of a response and, you know, one response will cause them to gain some affinity points for you. Uh, Another response might cause them to lose affinity points for you. And so after three questions, if you have a positive, if you have like a high enough level of affinity points, you're able to ask them either to join your team or, you know, you can ask them for an item. And so obviously if you don't have that Digimon already, you can ask them to join your team. Simple as that. And that, that was interesting. I thought that was a cool part of the uh, battle system, if you will, is that uh, level of recruiting. The only thing that really doesn't click with me is how it's determined, like the percent of which they say yes. Because it'll just tell you that there's like a, a 37% chance that they accept your request to be friends. Um, but I, I just never figured out how do we increase that. Right, because there's still some Digimon that I'm wanting to get, but there's only like a nine percent chance, and so I'm not just going to sit here and constantly, constantly try, uh, knowing that there's only a nine percent chance, you know. But maybe that is the only way. Maybe you know there isn't another way to do that. But as far as the actual combat goes in those situations, the combat is super basic, and it's actually kind of like I don't know. I don't. I didn't like it. I'll be honest with you. I did not like it. Because you only have two attacks. You have your basic attack and then a skill. And there's no way to change that. There's no way to add more skills. You can equip uh, you can equip like an accessory that would change your main skill. But there's no way to have a second skill. And so combat gets very old, very boring, very fast. But what's interesting about the combat is you can actually select... Uh, I think there's four difficulties. There's very easy, easy, normal, and hard. And you can also set the combat to to fight automatically, which I will be honest with you, after probably the first five fights or so, that's what I did. You know, I was no longer in this game for that combat. You know, I was actually saying the one thing that drew me into this game is the one thing that I'm disliking the most about it. And I would literally put the game on auto during those battles, scroll on TikTok for like five minutes until it was over and then get back into the story because that's what I was more, more concerned with. That's what I cared about a lot more. And so the combat in this game, it's not good, right? That, that, uh, that, you know, turn-based strategic combat, it's not good. Point blank period. Nothing else I can really say to that other than it is not good. And that leaves us with, you know, the rest of the gameplay again, being simply making those decisions and choosing, you know, which path to take. Any thoughts or questions, DJ, before I move on to the final part? Yeah, so we know you don't like the fighting part, which, you know, makes sense. 
makes sense. It can get kind of boring at times. Um, I'm sure we've all encountered games like that, you know, where your skill set's limited or, you know, like your attacks. There's only certain buttons you can do or certain things like that. So, so with that, with that out of the way, though, as far as like, I guess your negative drawback to the gameplay, um, is there probably, I don't know, is there, is there any, I'm trying to think of how to word it, um, any other thing, I guess, that maybe you didn't like from the, from the gameplay side of it, or was that pretty much the only thing? Well, I mean, if we think about it, right, with it being a visual novel. Well, that's true. You know, the only true gameplay, I would say, other than like pressing X and making your decisions was this combat element. Gotcha. Okay. And so, you know, with that being like, it's really those two parts. You have the visual novel and then you have the combat. Right. And so, you know, I would say the combat is really, I don't know, because the combat is like the main gameplay piece outside Mm. of that. There's really nothing else to do. Gotcha. And so I don't I don't think there's anything else that I would say, but that's because there isn't anything else but to talk about with that. Understood. But lastly, you know, I want to talk about, you know, the graphics, the the world that's that's created here. And with this game, it is beautiful, beautiful artwork. Um to those that well, I let me let me rephrase that. The visual novel portion has beautiful, beautiful artwork. The combat portion is absolutely terrible. It's cheesy. It is not good at all. So pretty much, you know, if you're into visual novels and really want a good story, check this game out. But if the combat portion, that part, it's a drawback. You know, it's definitely going to lower. I'm sure that is why these scores are lower, right? Is because they're not up to snuff. And you can really tell the difference. I'm thinking this could be something with why the Nintendo Switch has a 78 and the PS4 has that 69 is because those differences are more apparent on a larger screen. And so I imagine this is a game that people probably play handheld mode for the Switch because that's the luxury of the Switch. And so transitioning from the artwork of the visual novel to that um, combat art style that they have, you know, it might not be as, as drastic as it is when I'm sitting here playing it on, on a normal, you know, HD TV. Right. And so that could be cause for that, but I don't know. I'm just saying things at this point, but the artwork is absolutely beautiful. You know, if you want to kind of see what that looks like, simply look up Digimon Survive trailer and you're going to see, you know, kind of the art style that that this game has and it, it's it's really gorgeous. Like the characters, the world, you know, the settings, it looks really good. And I would say, you know, it it draws you in and it makes you feel like you're in part of the game. Point blank period. Point blank period. Bang. Very cool. Very cool. But overall, you know, I obviously enjoyed the game. I'm still playing the game right now. Um, I'm probably going to work through it, you know, over the next several weeks, trying to get that platinum trophy, 
you know, it's definitely a game that I, that I hope to add to that collection. Um, you know, do I recommend you play this game? To be honest with you, if you enjoy like suspenseful, you know, thriller type stories um, that have, you know, kind of high stakes, but also, you know, kind of, you know, kid focused, kid friendly. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. If you don't mind, you know, investing the time to read, you know, it is a great story. It is a great story. People read books all the time. This is a visual novel. So, you know, it it, it is that. Would I recommend you playing the game the way that it was meant to be played and actually participate in the battles when they come up? I'd say give it a try. But if it gets boring, technically they made that auto setting on there. So technically it would still be made, playing it the way it was meant to be played. That's what I've been doing for this second playthrough. That's what I did for part of my first playthrough. You know, just throwing that thing on auto because it doesn't suck out the fun of the story that you're getting when you're just playing through the story. So if I had to give this a score, which I'm going to do, scale of 1 to 10, I would have to say that Digimon Survive is a 7 out of 10. And all three points that are taken off are because of that combat section. That's it. That's the only reason why it's bad. And I gave it a 7 out of 10 because I'd probably say that 70% of this game is the visual novel and 30% of this game is that combat. And I hate that combat that much that it doesn't get any points. Period. Good way to break down your, your score, though. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, I could talk a lot more about this, especially diving into, you know, the specifics of the story. Uh, But just, you know, to respect the wishes of the producers of this game and to give you all an opportunity to experience it, because it is a pretty good story. It's at least the one playthrough I went through. You know, I'm excited to see the rest of them. Um, But I highly recommend, you know, if you're interested in Digimon or in a good story to definitely check it out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's it. That's it. Last week, we actually mentioned that there's going to be a pretty big announcement, you know, a special announcement with some changes to our show. And we're actually super excited um, to be welcoming our good friend, Travis, um, to those that listened in uh, to the episode with Pokemon Yellow. Uh, Travis was our guest on that episode. He's actually going to be joining the Why Not team. Um, he's going to be hopping on episodes a lot more frequently. Um, and so we just wanted to welcome Travis. So Travis actually just hopped on to join us. So Travis, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? You know, we're, we're living the dream. We're living the dream. So welcome to the team officially. Thank you. Thank you. I may or may not have been telling people about it, but you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. So you know, Travis, we did this in our intro episode. And so since we're kind of introducing you as part of the team now, just to give, you know, our listeners an idea of the type of gamer you are and the games that you're interested in, what are your top five games? Mm. So um, I think the best way for me to do this is probably just say what my top five are. Um, and then you can kind of pretty much pinpoint the genre i guess you could say of games (laughs) that i play because they are literally all the same genre 
Um, so, all right. So this is in no particular order because this is also something that like, I'm also very biased on. If you listen to the Pokemon yellow episode, if not go check it out. I sound a lot better now, but, um, yeah, go check it out. Um, so I would say I'd start with Pokemon like overall as a whole is like one of my top, cause that's what got me into video games was Pokemon. Um, but if I had to pick like a mainline game, just one, uh, I would probably have to say heart gold and soul silver. So I love Johto is my absolute favorite region, which I know a lot of people say that sucks. And I can agree to a certain extent that the level pacing is terrible, but, uh, heart gold, soul silver, cause they have the gen four, um, Pokemon in it too. So it's really nice. Um, legends Arceus would probably would be the other Pokemon game. And I don't consider them the like same because legends Arceus is a, quite a bit different than heart gold and soul silver or like a mainline game I it would is say. yeah um but love that game um i would also say that um kingdom hearts 2 specifically 2 because that was the first it was weird i jumped in down on two but then i went back and played the others but i still always found myself whenever i want when i want to play kingdom hearts i i want to play two because i don't know why i don't know you love kingdom hearts 2 would you say two is probably the best Yes. Yeah. I think around the board, everyone would probably say Kingdom Hearts 2 is the best Kingdom Hearts game. I, yeah. And I will say I did like the PSP Birth by Sleep where they introduced Terra, Aqua, and Ventus. Like those, those were fun. That was a fun one. They were. But two, they were. two is the best. Um, and then let's see. So that's one, two, three. So um, my next one is probably the Paper Mario series as a whole. Um, Interesting. Not- yeah, it, but the thing is, I, I, and Nintendo, if you're listening to this, please listen to the cries of all the fans. The new games, they're fun, but they suck. All right. Like the Origami King, like what they had when they originally started Paper Mario and Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, perfection. All right. The comedy was there, the gameplay, everything about it, fantastic. Uh, the new gameplay, of the new games is it's fun, but it's they just need to fix it. If they go back to the roots <laughs> of Paper Mario and what it's supposed to be, I would I would yeah. Um and then the last one and I just had to pick this one because it kind of encompasses all of the genre of this game as well. Or like or not genre, sorry. Series of this game is Breath of the Wild. I I think I've probably put in close to a hundred, maybe easy actually easily more than 100 hours into that game it's incredible i love that game i can't i can't wow. i can talk about that for forever well hey you know we just might be having an upcoming episode talking about that game so you might be in luck hey there we go who knows you gotta <laughs> stay in tune stay stay up to date that's it that's it well, Travis, you know, thank you for for hopping on. Welcome to the team. We're super excited to to work with you. Um, yeah, give it up for Travis, everybody. Whoop whoop! Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, we've been talking about this for a little while, and uh, I'm just I'm just really really excited to uh, just kind of be on the team with y'all and talk about all games because I do. I and those are just my top five, and I know they're all basically Nintendo games except for Kingdom Hearts two, but I do play other game systems like i mean i play i have an xbox i just don't have internet so i can't play it um but you know i do like all games 
Well, there you have it. There you have it. Well, thanks again, Travis. You know, we'll be hearing a lot from you very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Um, but DJ. Yep. Yep. It'll be good. It'll be good to have him on board. Cannot wait. Um, you know, it's always good to have him. Um, it was such a great turnout when he helped us back with Pokemon yellow. So, uh, so yeah, it's welcome aboard, buddy. Welcome to the team. (laughs) All right. So DJ, do you think we should give them a hint as to what's to come next week? Yeah, let's do it. So as you, some of you, maybe some of you know, you know, next Wednesday is a special Wednesday because it is the fifth Wednesday in August. And when we have five Wednesdays in a month, we do something special because we love indie games. So me and DJ have both picked out an indie game. We've both played it and we're going to talk about it. Right, we're gonna spend you know a few minutes on both games. It's gonna be a normal, normally normal episode, and we're gonna jump into all the things that make these games special in their own way, or maybe the things that make these games terrible. You're just gonna have to stick around next week and find out. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Why Not Game Pod. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Maybe you've played Digimon Survive. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have an indie game you think we should play. Maybe you don't. Either way, connect with us over there on Twitter at WhyNotGamePod. And we look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast. You know, leave us a review. Yes, please. Do all those things. And... Any final words, DJ? Um, you know, at Why Not Game Pod on Twitter, like you just said, um, we are on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, go to anchor.fm slash why not game to get the full list of them. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, the whole nine yards. Check us out. Give us some likes. Subscribe. Um We've got the entire library on each of them. So, you know, if there's an episode you missed or if there's one you liked and, you know, you want to listen to it again or share it with somebody, feel free to do it. That's right. That's right. And until next time, ask yourself, why not?